News. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Doug Krisner in New York. Mixed picture for the equity market. We'll talk about what's going on momentarily. We are at 47 past the hour. Let's get you caught up on what's happening first in the bond market. Treasury prices up, down in yield. Uh, the day's economic news on factory orders was weaker than expected. We have uh, the 10-year Treasury last quoted in New York all the way down at 2.13%. Meantime, the dollar holding steady. We've got oil uh, rising by about 1% in New York. This is the electronic session on WTI trading 43.46. One of the day's big stories, uh, Waymo reaching an agreement with Avis Budget to manage its fleet of autonomous vehicles. Waymo, you may know as the autonomous uh, driving car unit of Alphabet. Avis stock trading up by about about 9% on the day. And a short while ago, we got word that Apple is leasing a fleet of small vehicles from Hertz Global Holdings to test its self-driving technology. Hertz shares right now soaring by the most in about two years. Dow Industrial Average better by two-tenths of one percent. In the broader market, many of the defensive stocks like telecom utilities helping to send the S&P up one-tenth of one percent. But weakness in tech uh, leading the NASDAQ composite down by about two-tenths of one percent. Let's get back to Bloomberg Markets now with Oliver and Carol. All right. Doug Krisner, thank you very much. It is time for the Bloomberg ETF report brought to you by BlackRock. Worried about market volatility? Minimum volatility strategies may be able to help. To learn more, do visit blackrock.com slash factors prepared by BlackRock Investments, LLC. Here with the Bloomberg ETF report, Bloomberg's Jenna Dagenhart. Mexico funds are reversing the losses they saw when the U.S. elected President Donald Trump. This month, the iShares MSCI Mexico capped ETF touched a two-year high. So Mexico ETF is a perfect example of how, you know, some of the fears might be overblown and how the reaction can be severe. Bloomberg Markets reporter Elena Papina says some people also expected a slowdown in growth for Mexico, but that's clearly not happening. In recent months, the Mexico ETF has been actually gaining steam as, you know, investors saw that these concerns did not materialize. Mexico ETF has, you know, wiped out all of its uh, underperformance to Russia ETF, which was seen as one of the biggest gainers. Papina says the Mexico ETF is doing just fine. I personally think that the Mexico ETF will continue to gain momentum as more investors would focus on the long-term fundamentals of the country, which are actually improving. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Jenna Dagenhart. This is Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. Luck be lady tonight. As long as we're talking luck, we must be talking markets, right? Well, to some extent, uh, Probably some luck needed at these kind of levels in the S&P 500. And here to talk about that is Alan Lance. He's director of research at LanceGlobal.com. Uh, he's also the president of Allen B. Lance & Associates. Thanks so much uh, for joining, Alan. Let's start by talking about uh, one of the first lines in your most recent uh, letter to clients where you say that one of the keys to our long-term success has been locking in gains when valuations get to extremes. Does that mean you've locked in all the gains? How do you view these valuations here? Well, I think you have winners and, and losers here in this market, Oliver. It's a situation where, um, you know, obviously, you know, tech and, and uh, you know, as, as far as uh, industrials and, and different uh, uh, sectors have, have 
exceeded expectations. Healthcare is starting to uh, uh, wake up, and, and then you've got you know two sectors that are down quite a bit this year: uh, energy and telecom. In the face of you know a market that continually hits new highs, so so uh, you know it's not a set uh, situation where you just uh, you know. Uh, take profits across the board. I think you have to pick and choose and, and start taking profits on some of your high flyers that have done so well, like uh, iRobot that we talked about, um, you know, as far as two, three years ago at 30, and now it's uh, over 100 and over 50 times earnings. And, uh, you know, maybe start looking at some of the telecoms and, and the uh, energies that everybody disdains. Is it a market that is starting to or has been trading more on fundamentals or again is it just hopes and expectations? It's starting to uh, you know trade on uh, fundamentals Carol um, I, I think you know on the winning side the pendulum's turning to from fairly valued to overvalued so so mm-hmm. you know we're not buying there uh, you know some of our clients are wondering why we're not taking profits and that's probably our number one question uh, in these interviews but um, you know we, we, what do you say to them we still haven't um, you know taken profits mainly because I think with artificial intelligence and with the way these companies are it's not like when we warned in 99 about you know whatever happened to tech Racker in 2007 when we couldn't find any values i mean we're still finding values and and uh you know it's, it's a situation where technology even you know these companies have good cash flow good earnings unlike you know 1999 it's just that you know we would not chase them at, at these levels. We're going to ride the wave and, and uh, you know, try to get as much as we can out of them. Uh, that's something we've learned over the last 30 years. We used to, once it reached our price parameters, just be happy and take profits. And now we realize, you know, these do get to extremes. So instead of just being happy with, you know, as far as like a double on iRobot, let's wait and for it to, you know, more than triple and, and then start taking profits. And, and uh, that's really helped uh, the performance over the long run. And, and then we can get out of those high expectation stocks that have risk now and, and get into some lower expectation stocks that have the more favorable risk reward like tech had a few years ago. Alan, let me ask you about something that uh, is happening today that perhaps has uh, some broader meaning. That is a little bit of a rally that's underway with utilities. I know you just mentioned that group. Um, and uh, I'm curious, I mean, when you look at these stocks, they were pretty uh, popular at the beginning, of the sort of the first six months of 2016 as the market was uh, roiling and we had a pretty bad first couple months to start the year. But I look now, when you have a VIX below 10 and admittedly some of the rollover from these growth companies and tech companies hurting, but still one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks straight of flows into the USMV minimum vol ETF. Why do people go to these places if the VIX is below 10? Well, I, th- I think they're, you know, becoming bargain hunters, you know, which I think is smart. They're defensive. They're worried about, uh, you know, that expectations might be getting too high on some of these growth areas. So the defensive areas, uh, you know, usually, uh, you know, people jump aboard, you know, after the market has gone down, like in 2008. And, and uh, you know, I, I think getting in early, I mean, that's what we're doing. We're buying some energy, buying some telecom, higher yielders, you know. I think the rest of the year, if, if the market can do, you know, 5 8 
8%, uh, you know, that would be exceptional. And, and if you can get half of that in a dividend, then, you know, half your work is, is done and you haven't taken as much risk as these people chasing the high flyers. Mm-hmm. All right. So speaking of the high flyers, so whether it's Facebook up 33% this year, whether it's Amazon, whether it's Apple, Alphabet, you're, you're not ready to sell those names yet. You're holding on to those positions, Alan, because uh, I'm assuming you see more room to run. You are also, though, you are, have been buying into names like Fitbit, Crocs, Occidental Petroleum. Fitbit, for for instance, is down about 25% uh, this year. Is it just a valuation play, or is there something in this business that you do find some value and you like? Yeah, those are more speculative names, but I think they're, they're, you know, it's definitely, uh, you know, an interesting company. Three dollars of cash, uh, no debt, uh, 23 million dollar, 23 million share, uh, holder, or 23 million users, excuse me, that, uh, are, you know, very loyal to the, to the product and if uh, new management can find a way to monetize, uh, you know, on a recurring revenue rather than just a sustainable revenue model, I think, uh, you know, the, the the stock really doesn't have much risk at five as opposed to, you know, at 40 or 50 where, where it used to be. Crocs, uh, we were buying in the six area, and, and it's moved up a little bit, but it's very similar where they're cutting expenses, uh, closing stores, and, and yet, you know, trying to uh, really streamline uh, with their lo- loyal followers. So I think there's value there. Uh, they've fallen between the cracks. Uh, so so it's uh, the other end of the pendulum from a uh, standpoint of risk, but I think uh, uh, the reward is so strong that I think it's, it's a situation with that somebody that has an appetite for risk can, can uh, you yeah. know, buy these at new lows and, and take advantage of uh, the weakness. Crocs up from its, uh, up about 15% from that uh, late May low, if you will, just a couple weeks ago. All right, uh, Alan, thank you. Alan Lance, Director of Research at LanceGlobal.com, President of Allen B. Lance & Associates, uh, joining us once again on the phone from Toledo, Ohio. Carol Master, Oliver Rennick on Bloomberg.